Welcome to a new episode of the Abundant Encounter Podcast. My name is Joshua Marsingill, and my hope and dream is that you would experience things that I've experienced in a unique and completely you way. I love how God knows us, and He knows you, and He knows everyone else. Sometimes I'm so overwhelmed by that idea, but but God knows us, and He knows what we need how we need it but this is one thing I do know I do know that every human being that he has created which is all of us needs to know him he's the prize his presence is everything his Holy Spirit that Jesus made available to each and every one of us is the most precious thing on this planet you and I, we live in a fallen world. Things happen that God didn't want to happen. And so he sent his son, Jesus, to save us and give us access to him. And the gospel is so anointed. It's so full of life and hope and peace. So the Abundant Encounter podcast is here to read the scriptures and by hearing comes faith and faith will utilize that in this podcast to do like an activation, an activation that will require you to kind of make a, an effort of some sort to engage with God. And while you're doing that, we believe that it makes it possible for you to have a beautiful encounter that goes completely off the rails of anything we planned out or anything. I mean, God can do so much when we give him just a little bit. He's so into our relationship with him. He so wants to develop it. He so wants to grow it. It says from glory to glory. That's the design he's laid out for you. There's more. There's always more. So I pray in the mighty name and the effective name of Jesus Christ, the authoritative name of Jesus Christ, that anything that would hinder the intention of this time would be completely silenced and shut down in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask, would you move, would you make tangible the Father's love? Would you pour through the words of Paul and the Bible and just absolutely fill us to overflow? We desire to have encounters with you, God. Say that out loud. I desire to have encounters with you, God. I want more of you. going to be reading from the Mirah Bible, uh, chapter 9 in 1 Corinthians. There seems to be different criteria whereby our ministries are judged. Some apostles seem to have liberties that others don't, in terms of their diets, financial benefits, plus the luxury to be accompanied by their wives. Would the brothers of Jesus and Cephas be rated higher than Barnabas and I amongst you? 
What would you say qualifies my commission to you? The fact that I have had a face-to-face encounter with our Master Jesus Christ, followed by the impact and fruit of my ministry to you, can surely not count against me. Imagine a soldier goes to war at his own expense. I mean, how absurd. Yet it is almost taken for granted that Barnabas and I have to earn our own living, not to burden the very people we established and daily feed in their faith. Anyone who plants a vineyard eats its fruit for free. The shepherd, likewise, is not expected to pay for a drink of milk. Or is this just my own idea? If you insist on scriptural evidence, even the law of Moses says that the bulls treading out the grain shall not be muzzled. If God so cares for the oxen, imagine how much more he cares for you. Moses certainly had more than oxen in mind in writing this. The farmer would be wasting his time plowing his field without participating in the harvest. While the oxen were still treading out the corn, the farmer joyfully anticipates the bread. Spiritual seed also translates into a material harvest. While others enjoy this privilege, why would it seem wrong that we share the same? We have not taken any advantage of you. We would rather suffer lack than insisting on our rights, and in the process, cause you to be distracted from the gospel of Christ. It is common knowledge that the people engaged in temple ministry eat what is sacrificed there. The same principle goes for those who proclaim the gospel, and this is not just someone's good idea, it is endorsed by the Lord. The reason for my writing about these issues is not to bring you under any kind of obligation. On the contrary, I want to be very clear about this. The fact that I do things differently by not expecting anyone to pay me for my ministry is to emphasize my urgency to remove any possible excuse from anyone's mind that I might have ulterior motives. I am dead serious about this gospel. I live to preach. It consumes my total being. Your money is not going to make any difference since this gospel has my arm twisted and locked behind my back. In fact, my life would be reduced to utter misery if it were not possible for me to preach the good news. If this was a mere career choice, then surely you could hire or fire me. But I am not for sale. I am employed by the economy of persuasion. So what's in it for me, you may ask? The pleasure of declaring the gospel of Christ at no expense is priceless. No, I am not cheating anyone or myself by foregoing the rights I might have as a preacher. So in a sense, I am free from everyone's expectation or management. Yet I have voluntarily enslaved myself to all people. This beats any other motivation to influence people. I am like a Jew to the Jew to win them, 
I am disguised as a legalist to win those stuck under the law. To the Gentiles, who have no regard for Jewish sentiment, I became like one without any obligation to Jewish laws to win them. Don't get me wrong, I am not sinning to identify with the sinners. I am in the law of Christ. I am so persuaded about every person's inclusion in Christ that I desire to be everything I need to be in order to win everyone's understanding of their union with Christ. I do not present myself as a super strong to the weak, but rather expose myself to their weakness in order to win them. Do not distance myself from anyone. My mission is to be exactly what is required of me in every possible situation to awaken every kind of person, whoever they are, to own their salvation. I have no other agenda. The gospel explains my lifestyle. It is so much more than a pulpit ministry to me. My life is inseparably joined to you in the fellowship of the good news. Athletes run a race to win. Their aim is to receive the prize, not just to compete. This is why I preach, to persuade you and not just to entertain you. The athlete knows how to draw from focus inner strength in order to win the crown. For them, all their efforts translate into a mere moment celebrated by a fading wreath of honor. For us to win your faith is of imperishable value. I run with certain victory in my every step. I'm not shadow boxing when I preach. I deliberately compare myself to the sacrifice and dedication of a champion athlete. In similar fashion, I would pummel my body and subdue it. I would deny myself many things in my pursuit to win your faith so that you will not have any excuse to reject my message. I want you, not your money. There comes a time in many Christian lives where we find ourselves in a place where we have we can identify precisely that our values have completely changed. And it's so exciting. It really is because it's like a it's like an evidence. In first John it talks about how when we know that when we find love in our heart for others, we know that God lives in us. This is another kind of evidence that we find that Paul's talking about. He's like, I don't do things for money. I do them because when I win souls, when I win people to know Jesus Christ and to know their inheritance, I find every all my value in that. That's why I'm here and nothing else matters to me. I would sacrifice so much to see that happen. It's really beautiful, very emphatic. Um, and I love this translation because it just really, it, 
it seems to capture the this this passionate plea for understanding that this isn't about money this isn't about not accepting money or accepting money this is about my passion and how it drives me Paul had such purpose such pure purpose to love people so that they could be free in Christ it allowed him to do so many things that so many of us have no go zones on and while this may convict some the greater opportunity is to know like the wisdom that he's sharing see the thing the problem with things and money included is that um, you know, sometimes they get to a place where they own us and they tell us what to do. And for Paul, he's explaining that because of my value shift in this area, I am no longer owned by a track, a career track or anything else. I only, I'm only a slave to what I have been called to by Jesus Christ. He's made a choice about what he wants to be controlled by and there's great freedom in that and so for the activation I think it's really 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 helpful that God and the voice of God and, the, and our ability to hear him that comes by faith we have to believe what we hear. We have to expect to hear. And then when we do, however God speaks, and he rarely speaks English. I say this a lot, but he rarely speaks English. He just sometimes does. Sometimes he has. we have an internal voice. Sometimes he uses the breeze or uh, someone passing by or like people there's just so many different things that God uses to speak into us and we need to be open to it however it is but through our expectation we won't miss it so kind of like when Jesus said to the rich young ruler uh, give up all your stuff and, and follow me you know, he had identified something that had happened in, in this rich young ruler's heart. He really wasn't a rich young ruler. He was the rich young ruled. His status and his money had complete and total control over him. Money made his decisions. Have you ever been in a, a business meeting or so, anything like this and our family meeting and, and you're trying to make a decision and the loudest voice in the room is money. We don't have to live like that. What is God dreaming about for your situation? Let's ask him right now. Let's start with this question. Imagine you're in your safest place, a beautiful place, a place that you love. This may be the place you always go to meet with the Father. Take in the details, the smells, 
the, the images, the, the way it feels on your skin and, and body. Invite the Lord to join you there. Look on his face. Tell him, Lord, I have an important question to ask. Does anything that you haven't designed to own me? Am I owned by my things? Does money have too big a voice in my life? As I said, it doesn't have to be money. It could be a, a relationship, a job. Asking the Lord a yes or no question is really powerful because he says, let my yes mean yes and my no mean no. I mean, he could be explaining how he wants to communicate to us in a sense. So if he says yes, he means yes. If he says no, he means no. And if you don't hear an answer, that's okay. And there could be any number of blockages. We can ask other questions. If you're seeing him, that's powerful and awesome. Stick with that. Start there and say, Lord, is there anyone I need to forgive? If you want to, you can say it this way. Say, Lord, I can't hear you. Is there anyone I need to forgive? If he gives you a name, face, that's it. Go with it. Trust. Expect. If nothing comes about, say, Lord, am I believing a lie? Again, if the answer is yes, go towards that. Say, Lord, what is this lie? Find out what the lie is. If that really connects and you know you're talking and having a conversation with the Lord, you're, you're communicating, you're like, yeah, that was a lie. Great. Renounce that lie. Renounce it emphatically. I renounce the lie. Repeat after me. I renounce the lie and then renounce that lie. Ask Jesus, Jesus, what's the truth? Ask questions if you don't understand. Continue to get clarity. At some point, it's really going to click and you're going to be like, wow, something just got uprooted in me. And the Lord filled it with with this new with this new season with this new idea with this new promise this new beginning he's so faithful there's no chance he's not going to run to you for this
This process is so beautiful. I do it all the time, personally. I, if I ever run into to anything I'm not hearing from God, I, I go through and I look for what may be in the way. Sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it's a, it's a complete wall. I have to ask God for tools to take it down. I have to ask a lot of questions. But do I wonder if God wants to speak to me? No, I don't wonder that. The Bible is clear about his desire to speak with his children. I am his child. I'm not, I'm not an orphan. I belong to him, a spiritual orphan. I'm not a spiritual orphan, I belong to him. And this is true about you as well. That's what my Bible says about you. If you didn't get an answer the first time, it's this is where you can go back and check if you're hearing well and say, Lord, is there anything that owns me? Now, if, if there's a yes and you're ready, then I want you to break soul ties with that thing or person or money or anything. I renounce and cut all ties with I give back anything that I have of, of it, washed in the blood of Jesus, and I take back anything that belongs to me, washed in the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to clap. Amen. Now this is the question that I really want to ask the Lord. What are you dreaming about for me? God, what is my passion song? What is the thing that I am on the earth to do? Amen. Write it down. Get it cited. Put it at the top of your list. Reorganize your entire life based on what the Lord says here. I'm not being careless. If you need counselors or you need to know if something's true, don't throw that out. You need to go and talk to people. That's awesome. That will solidify your faith around this subject. That needs to happen. We need people in our lives. We need people for every little thing. We need to run things by others. We just have way too many blind spots. And that's beautiful. It's, it requires us to have something that God himself relies on, which is community. He has the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's a community. He expects us to also have community. But determining and, and really going after what God is saying your purpose is may just bring you to a place like Paul is explaining to us that he, is, he was in. He's like, 
nothing has a hold on me. I am completely free to do what I was called to do on the earth. I have nothing holding me back. Nothing gets to tell me how to do what I'm going to do. Except for my love and my trust in what Jesus has said about who I am and what I am to do on this earth. I was made for this. Amen. God bless you. Today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy hope and peace overflow from within you abundantly god is not short on encounters my friend i pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world in jesus name The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.